Even though this is a presidential election, there are many more candidates on the ballot besides the president. So go to Ballot Ready for a nonpartisan guide to your entire ballot. From there, you can compare candidates based on the stances on issues, biography, or endorsements, and then save your choice to use when you vote by mail or in the voting booth. You can even request your absentee ballot or make a plan to vote early or on Election Day. This election matters. So make sure you are ready and you vote and you vote informed. So visit go to ballot.org, enter your address to make sure that you vote and vote informed. And welcome to the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Your host here, Eve Vandervliet, with his trusted canine, who is always here. Woody, Woody, how you doing? Woody, of course, says woof. And if you listen to the show, you know that that one woof Woody has an ask, and that ask is to please visit our website, thepblpodcast.com. All of our social media links are there. We are very active on Twitter and, of course, TikTok, although I am shadow banned right now on TikTok. I'm still doing videos, and I'm releasing those videos onto my YouTube channel so you do not have to worry about the Chinese spying on you. So please click on our YouTube link on our website and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We have had an amazing amount of activity on our YouTube channel here in the last few days. Just absolutely phenomenal amount of views that we're going. So thank you, thank you, thank you. But I do need more subscribers. So please click on that link. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Our YouTube channel is Politics and Brown Liquor. All right, we got a lot to go over. This has been a fun weekend with news and revelations. We've got New York Times releasing yet another article on Trump's tax returns, which I'm going to get into. Amy Cohen Barrett has been nominated to be the Supreme Court Justice. Uh, great nomination, by the way. I got some news on that. Trump nominated her or put her name in the hat on Friday. And then I've got some other news. Joe Biden and his hypocrisy, the left and their hypocrisy. I mean, but that's just common knowledge at this point in time. But this revolves around race of course it does because that's what the left always does the left always brings up race and always twists it around so and then i've got some other various news that we'll get into today so it's it's a, a, a fun-filled monday so let's get right into it first off the new york times the new york times released an article over the weekend i think it was on sunday and the headline is, Long Concealed Records Show Trump's Chronic Losses and Years of Tax Avoidance. You have probably already heard about this because it's dominating the news. Now, it is, as this is released, it's on September 27th is when the article was released. The authors are uh, Russ Bootner, was it Suzanne Craig, and Mike McIntyre. Okay, so September 27th. So on a Sunday, they release this and they do this on purpose, by the way, because this will dominate the news. This will be on all the Monday morning talk shows, news shows, etc., etc. But, you know, as with often the left, it's the nuances that you've got to really dig into. So first off, right off the bat, you need to know this about this story. There is nothing new here other than some numbers that they throw out but there's nothing new there are no tax returns released you read the article and the articles say that they are not producing the documents due to protecting their sources so you, you right now you you got nothing 
You can't see them for yourselves. Now, here's the other nuance that I haven't seen anyone catch yet that is very, very important because, again, with the left, it's always about the nuance. Right off, right off the bat, their first, first paragraph, their first sentence, the Times obtained Donald Trump's tax information extending over more than two decades, revealing struggling properties, vast write-offs, an audit battle, and hundreds of millions in dollars in debt coming due. Where's the nuance? They said Donald Trump's tax information. Okay, now you're saying, wait a minute, isn't that the same thing? That's what my wife said, isn't it? Tax returns, tax information, the same thing. Yes and no. Yeah, it, you know, his tax information is on his tax returns, but they never once in the article say that they have copies of his tax returns. Now they infer. Like here's a paragraph, the tax returns that Mr. Trump has long fought to keep private tell a story fundamentally different from the one he has sold to the American public. Okay, that's that's in like the second or third paragraph, but it doesn't say that they have seen the tax returns. Now, it, it goes on. Here's the tell. Here is the nuance. The New York Times, this is from the article, the New York Times has obtained tax return data extending over more than two decades for Mr. Trump and the hundreds of companies that make up his business organization, including detailed information from his first two years in office. Where's the nuance, you ask? If, did you catch it? Did you catch that nuance? Again, I'll read this again. The New York Times has obtained tax return data. That's the nuance. So the New York Times has obtained tax return data. They haven't, they're not explicitly telling you they have his tax returns. And it goes on. See, they infer it a lot in this article. This is the start of another paragraph. The returns are some of the most sought after and speculated about records in recent memory. And Mr. Trump's nearly four years in office and across his endlessly hyped decades in the public eye, journalists, prosecutors, opposition, politicians, and conspiracists have, with limited success, sought to excavate the enigmas of his finances but they're not telling you they have it. They're, they're not saying they have his tax returns. This is the nuance that you need to know about. They do not have his tax returns. They may have something that has tax return data, as they claim, but they don't claim they have, nor do they claim in this article that they have actually seen his tax returns. Here's another paragraph. The tax data examined by the Times provides a roadmap of revelations from write-offs for the cost of criminal defense lawyer and a mansion used as a family retreat to a full accounting of millions of dollars the president received from the 2013 Miss University, Miss Universe pageant in Moscow. Again, it starts off the tax data. That's the nuance right there that gives all of this away. And I'm surprised I haven't seen this yet. Now, it'll come out because they don't have anything. They, they, they go on in the article, and I don't have the paragraph pulled up where they said, but basically they said they were not releasing what they have in order to protect their sources. So basically they got nothing. Again, and now why, why now? Why the Sunday right before this week? Well, is this the October surprise that is synonymous with presidential elections, even though it was released in September? 
I don't know. I don't think so. I think this is just a smokescreen for something else. So could it be the Durham investigation? Because that's heating up. Could it be the SCOTUS pick? Because that's going to be a hot button issue right now. But right now, you've got the New York Times releasing this long missive about Trump's tax returns, but they never say tax returns. They, they never say in the article they got copies of his tax returns. They only say they have tax return data. And then they also say that they can't release the information because they need to protect their sources. So where, where are we at with this? Where we're at where we've been since the beginning. President Donald Trump has not returned or not released his returns. He says that he's under audit. And you know what? The article here actually admits, he, and it does stay, he's under audit. He's under audit for some $72 million write-off. So they actually, in the article, it's way deep in the article, they actually verify what Trump has been saying about being under audit all these years. So what the New York Times ineffectively just did or inadvertently just did is they just validated what Trump's been saying all along about being under audit. So here's why I'm going over this right now. And here's why I'm bringing this to your attention, because you're going to get a lot of people talking about this. You're going to get a lot of leftists. They're already out there doing it, saying that he only paid $750 in returns. You've got already the, the politician, the leftist tweeting that he's a $750 man, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But they have absolutely no proof. Here's a paragraph where they pretty much admit he's been under audit. As the president wages a re-election campaign that polls say he is in danger of losing, his finances are under stress, beset by losses and hundreds of millions of dollars in debt coming due that he is personally guaranteed. Also hanging over him is a decade-long audit battle with the IRS service over the legitimacy of a $72.9 million tax refund that he claimed and received after declaring huge losses. An adverse ruling could cost him more than $100 million. So right there, inadvertently, the Times just verified what Trump has been saying all these years. Because Trump has been saying he's not going to release them because he's under audit. And the left has been dismissive of that. But here we have the Times basically telling us that Trump has been telling the truth. Now, they go into very uh, uh, deep into this of how he has uh, he's reported his losses, how he's been writing off all this um, income, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I have no doubt they have something, but I don't believe they have his returns. One is that's illegal, by the way. If, if they do have a copy of his tax returns, how do they get them? It's a, it could be illegal how they got them. It is illegal. So they don't have his tax returns. They have tax return data. So could it have been somebody who just sent them a spreadsheet? Absolutely. Could it have been them making up their own spreadsheet? I don't know. I'm not saying it is, but that is a possibility, right? Could it be that somebody sent him them a spreadsheet saying, here it is. They took it verbatim without question because they want to damage this president so much. I don't know. Could be. I'm not saying it is, but unless they provide the documents, well, none of this is worth anything. It's it's abs it's the same place we have always been with this president. But what they've done is they've inadvertently validated things Trump have said. Here is another paragraph that validates 
Trump or that helps Trump. The returns are some of the most sought after and speculated about records in recent memory. And Mr. Trump's nearly four years in office and across his endlessly hyped decades in the public eye, journalists, prosecutors, opposition politicians and conspiracists have within limited success sought to excavate the enigmas of his finances. By their very nature, the filings, the filings will leave many questions unanswered, many questions unfulfilled. They comprise information that Mr. Trump has disclosed to the IRS, not the findings of an independent financial examiner. They report that Mr. Trump owns hundreds of millions of dollars in valuable assets, but they do not reveal his true wealth, nor do they reveal any previously unreported connections to Russia. <laughs> That's right, Russia. Just the other day, I had a leftist telling me that he's been financed by Russia, but nope, the New York Times is saying, not true, buddy, not true. So another big, fat, nothing burger from the New York Times. This will probably fizzle out this week, but catch the nuance, ladies and gentlemen, catch the nuance. Again, they're not saying they have Trump's tax returns. They're saying they have Trump's tax return data. Yeah, it's it's a nuance, but it's an important nuance. That's how they get away with this garbage. That's how they get away with with promoting without with releasing this garbage and not not being called accountable because then they can always fall back on these little nuances they put in their stories. It's lazy journalism. It's it's dishonest journalism, and dare I say, fake news. Breitbart did a story on this too, um, and it's titled "Carney How." The New York Times misread Trump's tax bills. Now, I'm not a tax lawyer. I'm not a real estate agent. I'm not a real estate investor. But what this article lays out, and it lays out in a pretty, pretty clear manner, is that the tax laws with regards to real estate are pretty complicated. And there's all kind of maneuvers that real estate developers and investment, real estate investment people do to lower their taxes, which is what we all do. I mean, why would anyone pay more taxes than they should? The left never does. There's that little box on your tax returns that said you could pay more. No, have you ever heard of a leftist paying more? Nobody pays more. There may be one schmuck out there that's paying more. Sorry to call you a schmuck, but why would anyone pay more to the IRS than they have to? Why wouldn't somebody who has these businesses like Trump has take every possible loophole and maneuver they can to lower their tax rate to zero if even if if it need be? I would, you would, we all would, including the New York Times. Very excited to tell you about a partnership I have with Hollywood casting director Kathy Rankin. Now, Kathy, who's been in the Hollywood business since 1994, casting for films and televisions, has put together a workshop where she takes her acting chops and teaches business professionals charisma coaching. Now, Kathy has been working with actors for years, teaching them how to be more charismatic on camera. So why is charisma coaching for you, if you are in business and you are in front of people or your staff, your team is in front of people, whether it be through networking, public speaking, or even dealing with the media on camera, charisma coaching will help you uncover your natural sexiness. Yes, I said sexiness. It'll help you create chemistry in the room by making about the other person. It'll show you how to express vulnerability and still show strength, as well as control the adrenaline rush when they're either with a crowd of people or, again, talking with the media in front of 
of camera. So if you are in business and your team is out there interacting, or if you want to develop a skill set where you're comfortable in front of a crowd and a camera, then contact Kathy at youritfactor.com. Net or reach out to her via phone at 720-985-8852. That is youritfactor.net. You would lo- you're going to love this workshop. It's just appalling that they keep doing this and what they try to do to go after this president. It's just, and it, it blows up in their face every single time. This from the Breitbart um, article, the New York Times reported Tuesday that tax transcripts revealing, now again, they say, tax return data. They don't necessarily say they have the transcripts. So people are getting sucked into this, by the way. They're getting sucked in that they actually have the, re- the returns. I don't believe they do. But anyway, let me go back to the article. The New York Times reported Tuesday that tax transcripts transcripts revealing Trump's tax filings in the years 1985 through 1994 show the president lost nearly $1 billion with big losses concentrated in the years 1990 and 1991. Um, Mr. Trump has lost so much money that he was able to avoid paying income taxes for eight of the 10 years the Times reported. Now, this from the Breitbart article. That may be true, although White House spokespeople have said the report is not accurate and the Times has not released the underlying documents or explained the sources of its information. But the bigger contention of the article that the tax records show Trump is not the artful dealmaker he purports to be is not supported by the evidence. In other words, what the article, this Breitbart article goes on to explain is how real estate investments and holdings work around taxes. Here's a paragraph that hopefully sums it up because again, I'm not a tax expert. I'm not a real estate expert, but I do have logic and reason that I employ. And if you can't produce the documents you're claiming show the, the, the salacious content you claim about this president, then I'm not so sure I believe you. And then if you, and then I'm also looking at the nuances. If you're not really saying outright that you have his tax returns, just that you have tax return data, what is that, a spreadsheet? Could it be a Word document? I don't know. But this article in Breitbart kind of sums it up nicely of how, how to explain how the taxes work in the real estate world. There's probably several of you listening that know this better than I. But here's, the, here's a paragraph. This, take the simplest example. A guy buys an apartment building worth $10 million for simplicity's sake. Let's say he bought it with cash. Each and every year for the next 27 and a half years, he will get to write down his income by around $370,000. If his tenants pay him $300,000 in rent after basic expenses, he'll declare a loss of $70,000 on his taxes. His net worth has declined on paper, but he has $300,000 more in cash every year. And if the rent payments ever exceed the depreciation amount, he'll he'll get to use those old accumulated losses to offset the new income. So so what does this have to do with anything? Well, Trump he I'm not saying he's a tax expert, but you know what? He hires tax experts. I mean, the man has, is by any any imagination, any stretch, a successful businessman. You can't say he's not. I mean, but he, the left are so eager, so eager to catch this guy in anything that they trip over themselves all the time. They just inadvertently admitted there is no Russia financing behind them. They just inadvertently admitted that Trump has been under audit all these years. And then they also now highlight what working in the real estate investment world. 
And then you got the nuances of these aren't tax returns. Breitbart missed this too. They got another article here. It says, New York Times, we have Trump's tax returns. The Times never said that. They said we have Trump's tax return data. Big difference, big difference, big nuance. So anyway, uh, this is a big nothing burger and it will be a nothing burger. It'll fall apart. It's already fallen apart. And we're not even uh, midway through Monday. So you're going to see this. How This is just going to literally, again, blow up in the face. That's why they release this now. This is not the October surprise. It's not big enough to be an October surprise. So I'm sure they've got something else up their sleeve that they're working on, some other uh, fake story, fake news, as an October surprise. When they, sh they could find all kind of October surprises on Biden. And I'm going to get into that in the second half of the show. But let's talk about Amy Cohen Barry, uh, Barrett. So she was selected to be the nominee for the open seat, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's former seat, because it's not her seat, the open seat on the Supreme Court. Um, I, I like this pick. I like this pick a lot. She's very conservative. Um, she's also, I like, I like that Trump didn't go for... Uh, an easier political battle. This is a harder political battle. So that speaks volumes to me. He could have went with the Florida judge who is of Hispanic descent, Cuban-American, which would have helped in Florida. But I think he's already got Florida locked in. So he could have gone that route. But instead, he went with somebody who um, um, <clears throat> uh, clerked with Scalia. Uh, he went with a strong, strong conservative. Now, the attacks are already coming out about... Uh, um, <clears throat> Barrett, Amy Cohen, Amy, Amy Coney Barrett. I'm sorry, I said Cohen. It's Coney, Amy Coney Barrett. So the question is, you know, what do you know about her? So here are some of the key facts. Uh, th well, actually, I'm sorry. This, this, let's see, this site, which I really haven't heard of, Hollywood Life put something together. And I, I, I looked this up, or I, I caught this caught my eye because I thought Hollywood Life, they're going to try to slam her somehow. And they go, Amy Coney Barrett's five things to know about Trump's pick for SCOTUS. The number one was the funniest one. Their first, the first thing they said to know about her. Uh, number one, Amy has very conservative views. Okay, there you go. And that works for me. So if, if that's a prerogative, all right, cool. It says uh, she is devout Catholic, and I'm going to get to that. That's what they're going to use to slam her, by the way. And has previously stated that life begins at conception. That's another way they're going to slam her. She has also said that justice should not be strictly bound by Supreme Court precedent. And some critics believe that would leave open the possibility for her to vote to overturn Roe v. Wade. That is their biggest fear right there. Being a conservative, it's always about abortion with the left. So because she's a conservative, they're going to have to find ways to attack her. And I'm going to show you what they're going to do right now here in just a second. Uh, number two from the Hollywood Life, she currently serves on the Seventh Cur Circuit Court of Appeals. Okay. Uh, Amy, Number three, Amy would be the youngest Supreme Court justice. Okay. That, that means she would be on there a long time. Uh, number four, she was already a top contender contender in 2018 we heard her name floated then and number five she has seven children and two of those children you probably have heard are adopted from haiti so yes they are black that is one of the ways that they're going to try to attack her you're like how how are they going to attack her for that she adopted black children how do you attack her for that oh this is the left we're talking about they will find a way and they have now this won't go anywhere because it's so ridiculous on on its on the surface, there's no way even the left stream media won't touch this one. But but this is where you're hearing from the left.
in the social media circles, like the underbelly of Twitter and TikTok, you're actually hearing this. Here's one of the ways that they're trying to attack her. Um, Anti-racism professor Abram Kendi bashes whites who adopt black children as colonizers. Yep, yep. You know, you've heard about the critical race theory, which people are actually starting to trying to defend that as well, where it basically tells you if you're white, you're inherently racist. You were born racist. You always be racist. You cannot not be racist. You're just racist because you're white. So what this this cretin of a professor, Abram Kendi, uh, he tweeted this out over the weekend after after her name was put in there for the nomination uh, on Saturday morning. He tweeted us. He is a Boston University. Notice how I said Boston, Boston University professor. And this is basically what he said in his tweet. Some white coloners, colonizers adopted black children they civilized these savage children in the superior ways of white people while using them as props in their lifelong picture of denial while cutting the biological parents of these children out of the picture of humanity that's right she adopted these black children only so she doesn't look as racist as she actually is that's what some are saying. So if you are white <clears throat> and let's say you marry a black woman or if you are a white woman, you marry a black man, um, you're basically racist and just trying to cover up your racism. It doesn't actually dismiss you of your racism. You are just trying to put on a front. That's what they're saying. It's sickening. It's absolutely sickening. Uh, if you listen to the show, you know that I have a daughter who is half black. Her mother was born and raised in Jamaica. Um, so this person is trying to tell me that when I married my daughter's mother, that I was only doing it because I'm trying to kind of make up for my racism. Yeah. Not that I had any feelings for this person. Not that I wanted to have a life with this person. Not that I actually wanted to have a child with this person. By the way, my daughter was planned. No, no, I'm just a racist. And I only had my daughter. The only reason, according to Cretans like this professor, Ibram Kendi, the only reason I had my daughter was to make up for my racism. It's sickening. I mean, how do people think like this? It's sickening. So that's that's the that's the real that's like one of the what darker darker ways they're going to criticize this. Now they're putting this information deep in the the web, right? This won't be on the mainstream media, but this is out there, and this is out there because they want to bash this woman, and they're gonna they want to get as many people riled up about this as possible to do what? Because it's not going to change the votes. The votes are going to happen. This is to get people to the polls. <clears throat> that's all this is now the other way they're bashing her is through religion there's pelosi's already come out against or no it's diane feinstein already said she had a problem with amy coney being catholic amy coney barrett being catholic that it was some kind of cult but now they're trying to tie her to this group called people of praise and the people of praise is a offshoot of Catholicism. They're Catholics, and they created this group where they support each other. And I'm not going to get into what how I feel about it, but they're trying to tie Amy Coney Barrett to this group. And this is where the Handmaid's Tale originated from. This was the this group, people of praise. They're starting to say the left is starting to say 
was the inspiration for The Handmaid's Tale, and this is who Amy Coney Barrett is. She doesn't do anything without her husband telling her what to do, is what they're saying. They're already saying that. She drove herself to the nomination when Trump nominated her. She packed up the kids in the car. She was the driver. Her husband was the passenger. That's not independent enough, I guess, for them. So anyway, ABC News pushed this false story that the Catholic group People of Praise was the inspiration for A Handsmaid's Tale. The author has come out, the author of the freaking book came out and said, no, that is not correct. But that doesn't stop the left. The left is going to smear this woman any way they can. And why? Well, she's going to get elected. I mean, selected. She's going to win. She's going to get nominated or she's going to pass the Senate. The Republicans have 53 seats in the Senate. Now, two of them have already said they're not going to vote. Uh, um, Collins from Maine and uh, the lady, whatever her name is, from um, Alaska. All right. They've already said that. So now that leaves 51. The worry was what was Romney going to do? Romney said, no, he's going to vote. So even if Romney votes, no, they still got 50 votes. And then the Pence, the vice president, Pence comes in, he's a tiebreaker. So she's going to, by all me, by all, all, you know, logic, she's going to be the next Supreme Court justice. So why are they doing this? And by the way, remember, you know, there was another famous Catholic who was attacked because he was Catholic, JFK. JFK was the first presidential candidate who was a Catholic to run. And he was attacked because he was a Catholic. And he did. He went on some famous speech how, you know, he'll put the presidency before Catholicism, blah, blah, blah. But that's what they're going to, this is now the left who's going to attack Amy Coney Barrett because she's a Catholic, tied to this far fringe group in within the Catholic religion. And by the way, she was, she's, she was on a board of directors, some school that had affiliations with this group. There's really no record of her actually being a part of it, but that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter to the left. So, if the Senate has the votes to put her on the Supreme Court, why? Why does the left go through these motions? Why do they do this? The simple fact is they do this to rile up their base. They are worried. The left is be- beside themselves in a panic that the candidate they have chosen to be their nominee for the presidency of the United States of America is so uninspiring that they're worried they will not get enough of their base to the polls and therefore Donald Trump gets reelected. That's why they do this. They don't care about Amy Coney Barrett. They, 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 you know, I would go so far as to say they don't even care if she gets put on the bench. That's not their main issue. They don't want her there. No doubt. Because if, she gets on the bench, it destroys them for decades as far as trying to get things done to the Supreme Court. So there is that panic that they have as well. But their absolute panic is they have a candidate so uninspiring, Joe Biden, that they are fearful that they are that they can't get they won't have enough people to the polls. And then you have Donald Trump, who the the excitement for this candidate is like I've been saying, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. But the left is worried. So they're going after Trump. Obviously, in election years, they always do this. Tax story. They'll bring up an old tax story. They just killed their Russia narrative in this, and they don't even realize that yet. And then they're going to attack this nominee because they need to rile up their base. Their base won't even know anything about this group, this uh, religious group, 
but they'll they'll say it and the base will all of a sudden say no you can't vote for that person because there's some kind of cult anyway when i come back when we come back to the second part of the uh, segment today i've got some stuff on biden and his hypocrisy as well and how the left is also trying to attack this president for what he's trying to do for the black population check us out on the next segment of pbl podcast politics and brown liquor (laughs) 